welcome to the FBC Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott McManigal, and in this episode, um, got a good friend, Elijah Walls, with us. Um, Elijah is a young Native American man that's uh, in training for full-time ministry, and uh, Elijah, uh, we've known now for, uh, what, a year and a half or so, something like that, I think we first met. Yeah, yeah that conference in Oklahoma that uh, we attended together. And, and uh, of course, Elijah attended our uh, Global Church Week uh, conference that we had at FBC um, last October. So Elijah, give us, uh, give us a little background of who you are and, and where you're at and what you're doing, what's going on in your life. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> So, uh, as Scott already said, uh, name's Elijah. Um, I am Native American. Uh, my tribes are Chickasaw and Choctaw, um, although I'm a citizen of the Chickasaw Nation. Um, born and raised in a small town called Ardmore uh, in southern Oklahoma. Um, <clears throat> as far as uh, kind of where the Lord has brought me and where I am today, uh, is definitely a lot different than I ever expected, but uh, I guess that's the way it is with a lot of us. Um, so I didn't, I didn't grow up in church. Um, uh, I had a few experiences here and there as I was growing up, but church wasn't really an emphasis in our home. And as far as conversations about God and things like that, they were pretty vague. Uh, never really went into detail about that but growing up in southern Oklahoma it's the Bible Belt so you know obviously you're going to hear about Jesus at some point whether that's through a billboard or some type of sticker uh, you know who knows what it's going to be so so I knew the name Jesus um, I've seen all the pictures and everything but uh, didn't quite really know what that was about and really didn't necessarily have a whole lot of interest in it. Um, I, I enjoyed my time, uh, the little experiences I had in churches. Uh, of course, they were back when I was a kid, so they were all like, you know, Sunday school experiences or something like that. Um, <clears throat> speeding things up a bit, I did get introduced uh, more to what the gospel was and what church was finally when I was 16. Uh, or actually 15. Um, <clears throat> it was at a small church in my hometown. My aunt and uncle took me there, and that's how I was introduced to the gospel. I would say I had a very simple understanding of what the gospel was and kind of understanding actually what Jesus had done for me, and I did end up making a confession of faith during that time and accepted Christ and was baptized, uh, but not long after that, things kind of came to um, a bit more trouble for me at the time. Um, so to kind of give some perspective on that, uh, life was life was a little rough growing up. Um, I had to grow up quick, uh, being the oldest and having, uh, I got seven siblings now, <laughs> but at the time I had uh, three siblings. Uh, but two were two were the ones that lived with me at the time. But um, my parents, 
had me when they were 15 years old. So it was, you know, kids having kids basically. Uh, and, you know, naturally they were teenagers. They didn't really know much. Um, and I think they, you know, the more I think about it today uh, and what God has shown me too, um, they had a lot of their own struggles. You know, they had a lot of challenges they had growing up as well. And so by the time I was born and then some of my other siblings, uh, things probably just got a lot more complicated for them. Uh, so growing up, you know, uh, they were always kind of off doing other things. Uh, we did have some good family moments, but um, they were in and out of jail uh, due to different reasons. Uh, Part of that could just be alcohol and things like that. But then you had other things that they got into later with uh, drugs and selling drugs. Um, and so that went on for kind of years, actually, kind of as I was growing up. And so I was always kind of used to them being away, honestly. Um, that wasn't a big deal, you know, if mom or dad was spending a year in county or something like that. Uh, that was just something that we kind of got used to. Um, later on, they got a, a bit more significant time uh, due to just further charges and things that they were doing. Um, and so I kind um, and so you have that going on. And then also at 16, uh, so, well, let me say this first. I always used to kind of distract myself with school because um, I could do well in that. And there was also a little bit of pressure that was kind of on me at the time because it was like, you're the oldest. You got to set the bar. You know, you can't follow in the same patterns that your parents have or that your grandparents have. And so that was a little bit of pressure too because um, I felt like everybody was watching me <laughs> and I couldn't make a mistake. But uh, so as time went, uh, so new to the faith, uh, learning about Jesus. Uh, I did learn a lot during that time. I was reading the Bible and things like that, but then uh, started to get distracted by other things like work. I wanted to make money at 16. Uh, and then also at 16, um, I ended up getting diagnosed with a muscle uh, disease uh, called myotonia congenita. Um, it's this super rare form of, I guess, I guess it's, I think it's in the family of muscular dystrophy, but anyways, that's, that's the disease I was diagnosed with when I was 16. <clears throat> and when that happened, it just completely kind of shattered my world at that point. Um, Cause I think, I think I felt like I could deal with parents not being in the picture, um, you know, this struggle of having to make it. And then also, uh, you know, just trying to help lead the way in the sense for my, for my siblings at the time. Uh, so I was like, okay, I can deal with all that. I can focus on school and I can focus on sports and that'll keep me focused. But then I get this diagnosis, which essentially just makes, makes me move like an old man sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's like the slow warm-up effect. Um, but um, when I got that diagnosis, the doctor, you know, 
they said, well, you can't do this anymore. You can't do that. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And it made sense to me at the time because it always been a little tough for me in sports, but at the same time, um, it just seemed like everything was ripped away at that point. Um, everything that I, that I felt like I kind of had left, honestly, in some ways. And, and so naturally my conclusion of that is because there's no cure for it or anything, you know, I'll have to deal with it for the rest of my life. So my conclusion at this point is, well, God must not love me or God hates me or, you know, why has God done this to me? Cause, um, I've been told he's a God of love and that he loves me, but you know, I don't got any parents. Life is already kind of hard. And now, now this, <laughs> it's just like, man, how could, how can this get worse? And so that led to, you know, me rebelling in life in a lot of ways. Honestly, I kind of gave up during that time. I almost dropped out of high school. Um, I ended up in a dropout recovery program during that time. Um, and thankfully, I ended up graduating high school uh, on time. Uh, and, and so that went well. But after that, I was still stuck in this mindset of just, I couldn't understand why life, my life was the way it was. And so naturally, I, I went to other things. I went to alcohol and, and uh, you know, marijuana and stuff like that, just to either numb the pain or, you know, trying to find some type of purpose in that or something that I didn't really know kind of what my thoughts were at that point. And so I just got involved in everything I could. Um, long story short, that went on till I was 21. And I had a lot of anger by that point uh, towards God. I had anger towards my parents because uh, they were still doing the same stuff. And, and so I was just kind of angry, angry at a lot of people at that point. But my aunt and uncle continued to, every time they'd see me, they'd, they'd tell me about Jesus and the gospel. And it actually got to the point where I was like, man, I don't want to see those guys. Like when they'd pull up in the driveway, I'd just pretend I was at home. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm not here. Because <laughs> it was convicting to me because, you know, I'd, I'd learned the gospel. I'd learned about Jesus. And I was like, I know they're, they're speaking some truth, but, you know, it's like, I, I can't handle that right now because... Yeah. So at that at that point, Elijah. So I mean, like you just described all that you've been through. Yeah. Um, I know when I've heard your testimony in the past, you know, you gave even more detail about what it was like during those early years, mm -hmm. coming coming home from school, you know, leaving for school, and your parents are home, coming home from school as a elementary school kid, oldest in your family and your parents are gone the house had been raided and the parents called off to jail and you and your siblings had no idea what was you know what was going down you just arrived home from school to no parents yeah that was um that was when i was in middle school um, okay uh, but again that so that situation wasn't uh, untypical in the sense yeah. that we'd get home sometimes and our parents wouldn't be so we'd get home let's say 3 30 4 o'clock and sometimes our parents wouldn't be home till like seven that evening or six that wow. evening so yeah that wasn't necessarily untypical uh but yeah that happened when i was in seventh grade and yeah uh 
I, I had no idea until a family member had came and told me, it's like, hey, you know, there was this giant raid and they both got arrested. And, and then they were on the news that night too. So wow. it was it was a pretty crazy ordeal. So So you're going through that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, all your growing up years, then, you know, you get saved and then at 16, you're diagnosed with the muscle disease and, mm -hmm. and then, you know, everything shatters, like you said, and, and you're struggling with this view of God and you're, you yourself then are, you know, kind of giving up and getting into drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. And your aunt and uncle every time they see you they're trying to point you to god so like i i just i'm just curious to know you know what, what were the what were the kinds of things that they were saying to you at that time and you know what do you what is what do you say to a young man who who seems to be you know the victim of just circumstances and 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 at a place where you you know, you genuinely believe God doesn't like you. God doesn't love you, but everybody's telling you God does love you. But I mean, look at my life. Does this look like God loves me? So I, like, what were some of the things that they were, they were telling you at that time, you know, each time they would get together with you or see you? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was living during that time, I was living a lifestyle. Of, you know, I started selling drugs. Um, mm. I was doing all, all kinds of things. And so, I think one, their natural concern was, you know, uh, if he keeps doing this, he's going to end up in jail, um, which, you know, by God's grace, I never did. But they were just, you know, when they would see me, they would just try to tell me, you know, I did get the, you know, God loves you. Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Um, and sometimes it was just a lot of invites, you know, it was just, Hey, you should come to church with us this weekend or something. Yeah. Um, and so that was that was kind of the gist of it, I would say, you know. Um, and then of course they would just, you know, they would try to ask me how I'm doing. And they're they're really, you know, they're they're like a mom and dad for me in my life mm -hmm. now. And I always wanted the, I never wanted to disappoint them. So I even mm. remember sometimes where you know, I would say I went to church or something. They'd ask me, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I went to church, you know, on Sunday, and I heard the sermon or whatever, and that was just, <laughs> it was a complete lie. I didn't go to church, and, you know, and they caught me one time. They finally caught me because they asked, they asked me about a certain sermon, <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I remember that, <laughs> uh, but no, it was, um, so it was just, you know, I would say, it was the typical thing, but they were just trying their best, you know, I don't think, you know, what do you say to a person who's experiencing that? And how do you, how do you tell them that God loves them when the circumstances kind of point to that doesn't really seem to be the case. Right. But, uh, so at 21 though, um, that's exactly kind of what happened though. Uh, you know, I would say just that, God's love really broke through to me at that point. I was at the bottom of the barrel for me. Anyways, uh, I ended up back on the couch at my grandparents' house, um, had no job. And I didn't know what to do at that point. I was just, I really remember being at that point, just 
didn't know what to do. I was looking all kinds of ways. I, I was really at a searching point, I think, again, of just because uh, I knew what even what I had been doing wasn't working. It's like, okay, this isn't even even a, a good route or something that that will work. And I think it was it was those conversations with them, and then it was you know listening to some to some things on YouTube like John Piper and stuff stuff like that and um I ended up listening to a a sermon by him on YouTube it was just one of those like sermon jam things but it was really popular I didn't know it was uh, but it was called Don't Waste Your Life and I remember listening to that and you know by the end of it I basically um I just surrendered everything again to God. Um, and it was just made really clear to me at that point that uh, that God did love me, that the cross, you know, I think it was looking at, you know, seeing Jesus on the cross, understanding that that happened, that that was a real incident that occurred and the demonstration of love that was shown there. And you know, in a lot of ways, it was, you know, I, I, it's not weird, but you could say it's weird, but it was just shown to me how, at that point, how limited my perception was of things, um, and how, you know, I guess I kind of feel like maybe God talking to Jonah, and he says, why are you angry? <laughs> I kind of felt like I got that question even a little bit now, now that I reflect on it, you know, it's like, uh, because when I thought about the way that my life was at that point, uh, a lot of where it was at that point, I'd done myself, you know, right. um, due to my false, you know, idea of who God was. And then also uh, realizing a lot of the, the things that had just occurred in my life weren't necessarily his doing, you know, it's like, there's right. sin and there's things in this world. So, uh, so that was the changing of perception that occurred there. But they ended up calling me, my aunt and uncle, uh, like the next day. And, you know, they've asked me to go to church like a million times. They, you know, uh, and so they, they told me this later. And I talked to them later about this. They said, you know, they're driving on the road. They're talking to me on the speakerphone. And my aunt tells my uncle, and it's like, hey, you should ask them to go to church with you, you know, and, and they're, you know, they're kind of thinking, he's just going to say no again, or, you know, he'll do something, but but he won't want to go. And they end up asking me on the phone, and I, I was like, yes, absolutely, come pick me up on Sunday. And since then, I've been in church <laughs> every Sunday since then, but, and got baptized again, kind of as a recommitment, I would say, because uh, you know, I think that happened at 16. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the, the short, you know, not as detailed, like you said, probably of just kind of that journey there. But since then, you know, uh, as you said, I mean, I'm in, I'm training for ministry. I'm a seminary student now. Um, I attend Midwestern Baptist Seminary. Um, I was in a five, a five-year program at the school where you earn your bachelor's and your master's in divinity. And I'm in my final year of seminary, which is insane to even think about at this point. Um, and, you know, God has, has done so many amazing things in my life since then. Um, you know, where he's brought me, where he's placed me, 
And then not to mention my relationships in a lot of ways, you know, I told you I had a lot of anger towards my parents and stuff uh, at that point. You know, I have good relationships with both of my parents today. Um, although they're still in different places. My dad's doing better now. Um, he's actually been, been sober and he's doing good things. Um, but my mom is still in prison. And she's, she's been in and out over time, but, uh, you know, she's currently, I think she's got about 14 years left. So, you know, so, and I, you know, <laughs> I catch people off guard with that. I forget how significant that can be to hear, uh, but I kind of got so used to it, you know, it was like, I'll, I'll just kind of say it casually and people were, you know, really shocked by that at times. But, you know, me and her get to talk. We talked on the phone and through letters, and, and we have a good relationship. But, you know, all of that was only done by God because um, he grew, you know, not only my forgiveness and my heart towards others, but my understanding of uh, people's struggle uh, with things in their own life, you know. And maybe that was, you know, a lot of the things that happened in my life, God uses it amazing ways today um you know experiences being able to share that with others testimony wise um you know i would say even uh you know even the muscle thing is something you know i saw it as a curse uh years ago but now i i see how it's a blessing in a lot of ways and i see how it's even directed me to where i am today because had i had full use of my body, had I been able to do things like everybody else, you know, I probably would have got much more involved with, uh, you know, with uh, gangs and things like that, or tried to be more violent and stuff. So, so I see God's grace in, in a lot of those things, but, um, you know, my favorite, my favorite verse, which is probably a lot of people's favorite verse in the Bible is Romans eight twenty eight. You know, and you know, it says God will use all things, and you know that's that's really been true in my life. Um, you know, He has used even the things that you know I think would never be for good, that can never be used for anything other than you know destruction or or misery or something like that. Um, to see Him take it and use it for something else is has really been amazing. Yeah, I I remember last time um we were together uh up in south dakota uh last year and and i remember you sharing that and that really really impresses me um because so many so many young people today um you know just continue to view themselves as victims and and you know entitled because they're victims because of what's well it's not just young people it's our society today our culture today um, just the entitlement mentality and, and, you know, all of the injustices that people feel have happened to them that, you know, grant them entitlement in some way. And here you are, man, I mean, going through, you know, stuff that most people you know aren't going through at all and 
and just the healthy view that you have of of seeing God's hand in it all and God actually using it to prepare you, you know, for what he has for you. So what, 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 what brought you to that place where, you know, you're able to have that kind of a view of, of what God has allowed in your life? You know, was it, you know, somebody sharing something or just like, how did God bring you to that place? I think, you know, I think honestly, just probably answering that, I think it was learning, learning more about who God is, honestly. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, learning, you know, through scripture, reading the gospels, you know, seeing um, who God is, seeing his heart. Because um, once, you know, as you're, as you're understanding that, as you're coming to know God more, one, you see really how great his love is for you and, you know, how he wants to lead and guide your life, how he wants to orchestrate it in all these ways. But then that, you know, so it starts there, but then it, it, it works outwardly. And, and so for me, it wasn't even necessarily an, an anticipation. It wasn't something that I planned for. Uh, but one day I'm thinking about my parents, I'm thinking, and it was rough at first, you know, I'm thinking of my relationships with them. Um, but then, you know, I'm thinking of who God is. I'm thinking of all he's done for me at this point. And then I'm, and so then I'm thinking, why would I, why would I not forgive them? Why would I not uh, love them uh, as their son? Why would I not care for them in this way? Because God has done all these things for me, uh, despite myself you know despite me running running as far as I could from them uh through part of my life and, and despite me you know wanting to really rebel and do other things you know he still pursued me and so that was just the natural conclusion in that sense it's like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you have that love why wouldn't you have that forgiveness for others around you yeah that's awesome um and I just think that's remarkable, you know, just those two things that, you know, you could come to that place, first of all, where you recognize that, <clears throat> where you recognize your, you know, the consequences that you found yourself in, the circumstances you found yourself in was your own doing, you know, rather than blaming your parents for it or, you know, blaming somebody else for it, which I think is what most of society does today, constantly blaming somebody else. And as well as God, um, but then, but then, valuing being used by God, valuing your relationship with God enough to where the trying and extremely difficult circumstances you've been in are worth it. Like that's the other thing. You know, first of all, I think most people are blaming somebody else for their issues. <clears throat> and then secondly, we don't, even as Christians, oftentimes don't value our relationship with God, don't value being used by God. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and, and, and the circumstances and the difficulties that it takes, you know, him allowing, him using in our lives to process us and bring us to a place where 
you know, we, we can intimate, intimately commune with him. We can be used by him in ministry and the lives of other people. Um, we don't, we don't value those things enough to, you know, appreciate and embrace the hardship and the difficulty, the processing that it takes to be brought to that place. And I just think that that's remarkable, you know, just that, 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 um, you've recognized both of those things. I think that's yeah. just huge. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that was a process just like you, you know, like you were saying, um, uh, you know, it was probably something I didn't necessarily even like at first, but, you know, that's almost my struggle even sometimes today, you know, I'll tell people about maybe my relationship with my parents today and stuff. And, um, and they're amazed by it in some ways, but at the same time, I'm, you know, part of me or my mind is thinking, it's like, you know, what's so amazing about it? Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Isn't, <laughs> isn't that, you know, the conclusion of these things of, you know, of God working in your life, but at the same time, uh, you know, I also understand how difficult that can be, um, especially with pain, um, you know, because uh, one of the things I've always understood in my life is uh, I definitely don't have it the worst. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people out there who've even had worse, uh, worse circumstances than I have. So yeah. uh, definitely understanding and just, uh, you know, knowing that it takes time to work through some of those things. But, you know, God is working in those things. And, you know, I think that's, you know, obviously restoration and those things like that is, is what God, God is doing. So, yeah. Well, awesome, Elijah. So <clears throat> this is part one of a two part, um, testimony and interview with, with Elijah Walls. And, um, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into this part and, um, in part B, um, Elijah will tell us more about, um, just what God is preparing him for and how God's working and leading in his life and uh, what he did this, this summer, uh, where he was and how, how God is using that to shape uh, just the direction that he has for him. So I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening and uh, we'll catch you in part B.